and welcome to Casa Loud Chats, a podcast dedicated to Nickelodeon's The Casa Grandes and the Loud House universe. And I'm your host, Sunny. And welcome at last to episode 64 of Casa Loud Chats. And, and I'm so sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that this episode of Casa Loud Chats has been delayed for far too long. And it's, been, it's been far too long since I've done the podcast, and we're finally back in May of, of all months. I'm so sorry, but a lot of a lot of things happened in my real life. Uh, one of my family members passed away, a couple of family things happened. It's just been a crazy, crazy time in my real life. And now my schedule has changed to where I am more busier than ever in real life now. So with having the podcast where I was, you know, I graduated from college last year and I was able to do the podcast, uh, you know, constantly because I was free all the time. Now I'm not as free as I used to be with the with now how things have worked out where I'm in a different situation where I'm not as free as I used to be. So getting time to record the podcast will be a little more different now. So with how everybody else is doing their podcast and how much more free time they have versus me, well, I don't really know that. But with how my schedule works and how my life works in real life, Castle Loud Chats might be a little more slower than the other two podcasts out there. But, you know, they're, you know, like, 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 like they don't meet or Ran their podcasts are just as wonderful as mine. So you know, if you if you're waiting for somebody to talk about uh, the both of the shows, Loud House and Casa Grande's before me, then you've got you gotta go to them. But you know, for me, I'm gonna be much slower when it comes to the podcast because of my real life. But I promise you, I will make sure to do episodes when I can. The thing about it is that if I miss a lot of episodes, that means these podcasts are gonna be crammed really, really hard because this episode of Casa Loud Chats, I'm basically doing doing a lightning round of episodes because while I was gone, season 6 of TLH had just started. Like, literally the last episode I did of this show, the last episode I, re- I reviewed was from the Casa Grande. <laughs> and I think that was back in February. Yeah, it was just kind of a crazy time because again, TLH was was on simultaneously while a lot of things were happening in my real life and I needed to wait until TLH was on hiatus again that way I could actually come back and do the show but then like some scheduling things happened and then we thought that Casa Grande came back and then it wasn't at TLH but now TLH is coming back at the end of the month so this is the perfect time for me to finally do a catch-up episode that way I'm finally back and then when you know a certain episode finally airs in the US i.e. present danger I'll do a full-on episode about that like I'll literally do just an ep- I mean I could literally do, do just an episode about the episode but you know I, I probably will just because if I don't have a time to do a lot of, a lot of uh, review episodes for the shows but um yes I'm just glad to be back and hopefully you know I, you forgive me for being you know delaying this episode of my show and hopefully I'll be more simultaneous with the schedule but again I can't be too positive on that when it comes to my you know real life schedule but for this episode of Castle Loud Chats, we're just going to go speed running through the news because there's a lot that happened while I was gone and then speed run through all the TLH episodes as fast as I can. That way I don't keep this episode for like five hours. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to make sure everything's quick, but if there's something really I want to talk about with an episode, I'll make sure to you know, go deep into that. But we'll, we'll, we'll make sure everything is uh, quick and easy. So with that being said, let's get into some Casa news. Okay, so for this episode, we're doing a lightning round, so I, I don't really know... 
There's a lot of new news that's been out lately. I've checked and most of the stuff I have here is about as recent as I get, uh, as recent as I got. But you know, the last time I was here, I forgot to talk about the renewal of TLA Season 7. So now we have a Season 7, which I think is great. Because now that the Casa Grandes is canceled and they promised that, that the Casa Grandes would show up more in uh, the Loud House, I think it's the best decision to have a Season 7. That way they can still, you know, have stories for the main characters characters, but then the Casa Grandes have to be incorporated somehow too. I think it's great that we have a season seven. I mean, we're going to be, we're going to be here for a while. So like I had a feeling that season seven was going to happen. Just the way that it, that it happened wasn't exactly the way I wanted it to happen with the Casa Grandes getting canceled. But how with the with how they're gonna incorporate the Casa Grandes back into the main show, they need another season because I don't think season six is gonna like be able to cram in all the stories that each character needs. I mean, come on, season seven just we need to just have that Oana Luna episode at this point, you know? Like I I'm sure they'll renew it for season eight, and then by last season they finally do a Luna Oana episode. I mean, they're literally doing a Oana Loa episode. They just they did that before a Luna Wind episode. I don't get that, but you know what I mean. But that episode's gonna be pretty good. Um, but yeah, also that and the live action series. Yeah, I know I'm far behind on all this news. But yes, we are getting a live action series. I think. Uh, yeah, it's going to Paramount Plus, and a majority of the cast from the uh, li from the Christmas uh, live action movie will be returning for their roles in the uh, in the series. My, one of the exceptions, I think, is uh, Dora Dolphin as Letty, but, or the one who played Lori, but again, there was some, or I think maybe Morgan, uh, who played Lynn, there are some exceptions to that rule, but I think majority of them are returning for the live-action series. And I think, you know, at this point, they better give me my live-action Rodney Ann. <laughs> I'm begging for it, please. But I think the way they're gonna go about the live-action series is that they're basically gonna recreate season one episodes and just do the live-action. I mean, what, what was great about the Christmas movie was that it wasn't an original idea, that it wasn't like, you know, retaking, like, episodes from the show and just, you know, putting it in live action. They actually did a full-on movie and just, re and just you know, did their own story. Like, they didn't, like, re recreate, like, an episode of the show. But I worry that the series might just be recreating episodes from the show just in live action. I would hope they at least have some, you know, it's more original ideas in live action than in the uh, in the animated show, but that's gonna be so jarring to have the animated show and the live action series simultaneously together. It's like with the Casagrandes and the main show, The Loud House, be simultaneously together, but now they're gonna be blended in together too. So that's gonna be very jarring as well. But I hope at least you know with the main crew that they at least incorporate the Casagrande somehow into the in the live action series. But I'm not getting my hopes up as I usually do. But uh, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I'm very excited about Season 7. I'm very happy that we're getting to Season 7 and the live-action series. I hope the live-action series will be good. If not, it'll be subpar. We, again, like I said with the live-action movie, we can just laugh and forget it ever exists. But, um, you know, I still think the live-action movie is good just because the actors portray their characters well. Not so much how they portray Lincoln. But I think hopefully with the live-action series, maybe they'll take what criticism the the movie had and maybe they'll f fix some things with the character writing i need better better fix linkage <laughs> uh, but yeah no i'm pretty excited that our show was still continuing on with the franchise even if they for some reason decided to cancel our own our really our own spinoff to do a live action series spinoff so i don't know yeah but, but, but what can you do that's just their nickelodeon decision i don't know what their decision is other than the loud house the main show is popular and so they gotta just go from there. 
then the next piece of news is that finally, Present Danger, the long-awaited episode of the TLA Season 6, which is the first episode of TLA Season 6, is finally premiering on Memorial Day. Oh my gosh. Like, it, we've been waiting so long to hear that they are finally going to air this episode on Memorial Day. I'm surprised that they waited till Memorial Day to air this episode. They should have aired it like, literally, they should have aired this the first episode. There, there are only two episodes of this, of this, of, of this. Uh, you know, it's present danger and stress, for, and stress for the part. Like, I don't know why they decided to air these episodes on Memorial Day. They should have picked a special. You know, like the uh, what is it? Is it late? Is it? Is that what they call it? The, the special where they want to save the town, Royal Woods or something? Or heck, the Golden Curse for the Casa Grandes, which is going to air sometime in another country early before us. But I don't know why they decided present danger. But according to this episode, because it is the special episode where Lincoln turns 12 and finally turns 12 in the series, which is, you know late because season five the whole point of season five was that the characters were aging up but according to the show now i think it was wasn't aging up it was moving up a grade in quotation marks but again Lola and Lana were the only two siblings that got a birthday episode in season five and aged up and i but i and i think someone corrected me on twitter that i believe lisa says she's five in uh, uh, Loudly Bones, so I think maybe she might have aged up off screen. But Lincoln, the main character of the show, did that, does not get a birthday episode till season six. But hey, it's the first episode of season six, and what a great way to start to start the season by giving Lincoln his own birthday episode where he literally finally turns twelve in the series, like literally. Um, and yeah, the the episode Present Danger and Stress for the Part, uh, no Stress for the Part, they both got leaked early in another country like a month ago, and I've already seen them, and of course course I absolutely love present danger like I can't wait to talk about that episode finally on my podcast for but of course you know me I wait till the episode actually officially releases in the US that way everybody has seen it already but I'm telling you that present danger is probably one of the best episodes of this season and that is that is I know it was a stretch because it's the first episode but it's literally a perfect episode like I cannot stress this enough. I, so I'm really stressed with the part. But, like, I literally, I love Present Danger. Like, I haven't watched it in a while, but I, once I, I will watch it when it fish releases in the U.S., and then I can finally get the HD version of that episode, because I'm telling you, I know I'm building it up, but it's literally a perfect episode, and I love it very much, and I can't wait till everybody watches it. I'm telling you. Like, from the criticism I've heard of Season 6 so far, Present Danger will turn it all around. Literally. I, I, I'm telling you right now. It is a great episode. Uh, Stress for the Party is actually a pretty good episode too. It's the land one where she competes with Mrs. Bernardo for that Dairyland role. And there's a, there's a nice cameo in that episode. It's a very good episode. I do also say that one's good. But it's hard because Present Danger is about my boy Lincoln being David Steele again. It's, it's about him turning 12. And it's hard when one, one episode overshadows the other. But yeah, the Wayne episode is good too. Uh, I really like it. I'm really glad Wayne's getting more episodes this season. Because again, there is that one she's getting with uh that's paired up with Driver's Dread, uh, which I can uh, transition to. Um, 
try to find the uh, the description. Yeah. So Driver's Dread. Uh, <coughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. So Driver's Dread. We've known about this one for a while, but I'm just doing a uh, uh, catch up. Uh, Driver's Dread. Hoping to drive out to the outlets to meet Lori, Letty looks for alternative ways to get her driver's license. So finally, Letty will get her driver's license in the show, hopefully. Um, and they also, I think, uh, YTV Canada, I'll post a link in the description, they posted a clip from this episode specifically because they were going to air this episode early and then they just decided not to. Uh, I don't know why. Same thing with the, uh, the awarded uh, Lola episode, the one where she replaces Lola with Mr. Coconuts. They actually posted a clip from that one, too. And that one looks like one of the best episodes of season six. Like, literally when I think of Present Danger being the, one of the best ones, I think the Lola Wayne episode is going to be a very wholesome one. But again, the fact that they did a Wayne Lola episode before a Luna Wayne episode just baffles me. Uh, but it's a good idea to, to pair off pair off uh, rare pairings of the siblings like that. Um, but yeah, the Letty getting her her license so she can meet up with Lori. And the fact that we're, this is going to be the first appearance of Lori in season 6 too will be great because uh, she only gets one like cameo in this in this season so far. It's a uh, I think it's in uh, Dine and Bash. Literally the, literally the best, literally the only way they could write off Rita is to say, hey, he, she's going to see Lori um, for a mother-daughter golf meetup thing. So, I mean, it, poor Lori fans, I know. It's hard when she's being written off the show. But, the, I, I, you know, she'll get a cameo in this. It'll be nice to see her, you know, f now that we uh, know that she's coming. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm very excited for that one. I'm glad Lenny's getting an episode focused on her finally driving and eventually, and hopefully, uh, you know, like in the past with uh, driving Miss Hazy, where she didn't get her permit or get her license because she was really a bad driver. Hopefully this time she'll find a way to finally get her driver's license. Because at this point, the show is all really weird. There's consistency. As people have said, oh, well, in the podcast they referenced Lenny was driving, or in the, the comics they did. But again, the podcast and the comics are either canon or non-canon, depending on what they do with the main show. I mean, literally, the only way that the comics can be canon is if an episode either references something from the comics or makes it canon. Same thing with the podcast. Literally, literally the show got lucky, like, literally the podcast got lucky being canon by having that Sam and Lana moment in that Lana episode in season 5. Because we had that Sam and Lana podcast before that episode. And then with the comics, again, it depends on where the canon is, because sometimes it'll be in season 5, and sometimes it will be in its own, like, canon timeline that wasn't bef that was before season 5. So, again, you can't really go by the podcast or the comics being canon unless the show says so. <laughs> so I don't know there. But yeah, I know I'm pretty excited about that one. And same with, same thing with the Wan and Lola episode. Uh, what is that called again? Oh, The Last Laugh. Um... It says, uh, well, Wanda thinks Mr. Coconuts is out for revenge when she replaces him with Lola in her act. I mean, again, I'm very surprised it took them this long to do an episode like this, like Wanda and Lola, because it reminds me of the episode, uh, Funny Business from season one, where Lincoln actually loved performing with Wanda, uh, on stage, so you would think that Lola would be very interested in performing on stage like Wanda does because Lola loves the attention. So the fact that, like, she hasn't decided to kind of replace uh, Lola, Mr. Coconuts with Lola. Like, again, they should, they should have done this, like, a while ago. So I'm pretty interested to see another, like, you know, sibling pairing that's very rare between Lola and Moan. And see if maybe the show will finally let Moan let go of Mr. Coconuts. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I know status quo, they probably won't do that. Um... 
So yeah. Uh, okay. So what's next? Um, I'm trying to think what's. Uh, well, again, I know that the Casa Grande is the only episode we know so far is the Golden Curse, the one about uh, Panko, the bird that's uh, Mama Lupe's bird that's gonna get married. It's about their about their wedding, and um, they uh, YTV Canada again. I'll post a link in the description. They posted a clip from that episode, and again, I'm just. I don't know why they decided that this episode should be a special. It should have been an 11 minute episode. I mean, it'll be fun just to see like the Casagrandes all in their little wedding outfits and getting ready for the wedding and stuff. But of course, Sergio has to screw it up as always, like getting rid of the coins and stuff. But from the, from, from the clip, it didn't look that interesting of a special. But I hope at least it surprises us with something. You know, like I don't know. It doesn't look very interesting to me. And it's hard to say that as a Casagrande fan because when they show the specials, no matter if I think think one is, you know, mid or something, I think it looks pretty good. This one, I'm like, uh, I don't really know this should have been a special, but hey, if they spice it up a bit and they give us some more, you know, f you know, uh, meat to it, then I might enjoy it, you know? Um, so yeah, but that's about it in terms of episodes for the Loud House of the Casa Grandes, because again, they haven't announced any other episodes for June. But I know that because they decided that they're going to air Present Danger and Stress for the Part... Uh, on Memorial Day, that means the Loud House will come back in June. But for the Casagrandes, however, they decided that, hey, we don't have any new episodes to air, we can air shorts! <laughs> yeah, so two Casagrande shorts, actually, as the, the, the night I'm recording this, uh, they're gonna air the next uh, short, which is Creature Seekers, that I have a description here, which is, uh, Roddy and Sid investigate a mysterious creature that's been stalking the halls of the Casagrande's apartment. So basically, your typical Sidani kids Sidani kid. I'm so sorry. Your typical. I wish it was Sidani kid. Oh my god. <laughs> if only, right? Um, no. Your typical. So your typical Sidani shenanigans. And of course, it's a short, so you just gotta. You, it's gonna be Sidani is cute for eight minutes, practically. Um, but yeah, they also had a uh, last week. They had the uh, Froggy Lake short. I think that's what it's called. Froggy Lake. Yeah. Yeah, Froggy Lake. The one, the one about Adelaide. Oh, okay. So that one was really cute. Like, that was a very wholesome short where, um... Adelaide broke her leg after she was trying to uh, practice ballet, and Sid wanted to put on Froggy Lake so Sid, so uh, Adelaide would be happy. And Sid insists, uh, uh, and Sid enlists Roddy Ann and Carl to help for this. Like again, like she calls Roddy Ann as a BFF, BFF emergency, right? But then Carl just shows up, <laughs> which is so funny to me. Like he, she doesn't even like reference calling him. He's just there. Like you just know that Sid is a Carl Lake shipper when Carl just shows up and is like, "Hey, I need you to help me." with the thing with Adelaide. I assume Sid probably knows that, like, Carl is Adelaide's only friend that she hangs out with. So it's just funny that Carl shows up with no explanation, but it's like, yeah, Sid is a, clearly a, a Carlite shipper if that's the case. And Sid and Roddy and were pretty gay in this episode too, not gonna lie. <laughs> they were pretty cute. And also, you know, you gotta love seeing when they put them in cute little ballerina outfits. Of course, I drew Roddy in in hers, as everybody else did before me. <laughs> uh, but I'm getting back into the drawing game, so you just gotta, gotta keep going. Um, yeah, no, it was very wholesome and cute. That's all 
I'll say about the short. I loved when Adelaide, you know, realized that Sid was doing all this for her and hugged her. It was very sweet. I love seeing Sid and Adelaide's sister relationship. Because, again, the one thing I, I complained about with the Cops of Grandes is that we barely saw Sid and Adelaide hang out together as sisters. Before season three, they had that one episode in the Casa Grande arc where Sid took the time to hang out with Adelaide at the park, but then after that, it just felt like Sid and Rodney were just kind of hanging out together and Sid kind of, you know, abandoned her own family. Um, but, you know, you just gotta get the Sidani can- that's how oh my gosh, she says Sidani. You gotta get the Sidani goodness there. You gotta, you gotta set up the gaze there. Um, but then season three, we got the sister episode, and it was so nice to just- or even do the emergency from season two, and it was so nice to see the Changs actually together. So the fact that Sid did all this for Adelaide because, you know, Sid really loves her sister, and her sister means, means more to her than anything in the world, that was so sweet to see. Like, I love seeing that because, again, we barely see in the show, so to finally have them focus on the, sibling, the sister relationship between Sid and Adelaide in some sort of way was so sweet to see. I really love seeing that. So, it was very wholesome. So I hope that the Creature Seeker short that comes out tonight will be just as good as that one. I mean, I'm not sure, but it's it's Sid Adi, so of course it will be cute and gay, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> this basically reminds me of just like, if they were just gonna do a Quaken episode as in uh, TLH, or a Quaken short. If, if you just replace Roddy and Sid with Lincoln and Clyde, nothing would really change. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's about it for news. Yeah, so if there's anything I missed, well, there are some comics coming out. I believe the, the Casa Grande's third issue, Brand Stinkin' New, comes out, excuse me, comes out this month, and the, the pun is intended because they're all brand new stories, not a single reprint in this in this uh, comic. And then there's also a, another TLH comic, I believe it's Back to School, comes out June 17th, so I'll be able to talk about that comic next month. But the Casa Grande one, I can't wait to talk about when it uh, comes out. I think it's May 17th that one comes out. Um, so yeah, so let's do a lightning round, shall we? Because <laughs> TLH season 6 had premiered literally when I left the podcast for a bit on my indefinite hiatus for the show. Uh, so let's talk about TLH season 6 because, you know, we can make a, you know, any sort of opinion you want on TLH, on season 6 right now because there's been a bunch of episodes that have premiered. Um, you know, my general opinion of season 6 so far is that I think it's pretty balanced. You know, like, with season 5, I know we all complained about how there was too many Lincoln and Friends episodes, and I still think that's a problem here in season 6, where there is a majority of Lincoln and Friends episodes, but I have a funny feeling that they're only doing that in the beginning, so so that way, they do it now and don't do it later, you know? Because with the, with the Lincoln and Friends episodes, they did them so far in the season 5 that it felt like it was a repeating pattern. Whereas here, they're doing them so early that we're used to it, and and if, once they just stop after a while, then it won't feel like it's been uh, crowded with their episodes. But I think they've been doing a good, a good job with balancing out how to do the Friends episodes and not make them too repetitive. Uh, but also just, just a nice balance of who's getting episodes this season. You know, I think that these episodes, all of them are pretty solid. Nothing, like, I, I look at these ones, I'm like, not, not anything really, like, you know amazing from this this batch but besides present danger which is a masterpiece um there's some good ones here we could talk about but again i'm just gonna speed run through these because i haven't seen majority of these episodes in a long time so there's probably things i forgot about these episodes um 
So let's start with uh, the first episode that aired, which was Don't Escargot. When Clyde receives an opportunity to study cooking in France, the gang tries to keep him closer to home. So uh, from what I remember from this episode, I remember they actually referenced school from season five. Because when uh, Clyde tells his friends about the opportunity to go to France, I remember all of them like being upset. And then I think it's Zach who says, no, or no, it was Liam. And Liam says, uh, oh, no, we're going to lose him. Just like we almost lost Lincoln in Canada. And I'm like, what? Oh my god! <laughs> they actually, not only did they do continuity, they did a callback that makes sense. It's like, yes, I remember that. Like, I just love that TLH is finally doing this. They're finally looking back at their continuity and making it work. Good job. Good job. Um, <laughs> that's the one thing I'll praise about season 5 slash 6 is that their continuity is getting there. They're almost as close to Casa Grande's continuity wise. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, this episode was fine. Uh, for what it was, um, I think what I, what I really should have, well, I think I agree with people that this should have been more focused on Clyde and his, um, his decision to leave versus the friends wanting him to stay. Because at the end, Clyde realizes that he doesn't want this. He actually wants to stay because he realizes that what if he doesn't want to do cooking for the rest of his life? What if he wants to do something else? And I actually really liked that, the way he did that at the end where, you know, no one should be making his decisions for him. If he wants this, he'll 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 go for it. But if he doesn't want it right now and wants to live his life for a bit and 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 try new things and do some other things and maybe down the line he might try some try something different and, and change his um change his career. That's very realistic. Like that's definitely something I relate to. But you know, with me, like I I stayed with the career I went for because I I'm not very good at anything else other than art. <laughs> um, but I kind of. I wish it would have been more focused on Clyde's decision than be like the focus on the friends missing him. But I, I feel like people are missing the point of why Link and his friends did this. Uh, because again, like with, with season five, with Lincoln, you know, he was gonna, you know, go to Canada, and his friends were gonna miss him, and he was gonna miss his friends, and they were gonna be apart and stuff, and there was also the movie where, where Lincoln confessed to Clyde that he was gonna leave, you know, Royal Woods to go to Scotland, so I imagine the reason that Lincoln was so desperate to get Clyde to stay was because he didn't want Clyde to make the same mistake that he almost made, you know, like, I didn't reference the movie, but I think that, that's a good, uh, comparison to why Lincoln was so upset that Clyde would be moving, yeah, because, like, oh, well, well Lincoln, Lincoln decided that he wanted to move to Scotland, but now I think he knows that he shouldn't do that, and he doesn't want Clyde to move away to make the same mistake that he almost made, so I understand that completely. So I think it's pretty good, there's some good clicking stuff in here, um, yeah, it, it's pretty decent episode, I would say. Uh, Double Trouble. Lola and Lana take on Cheryl Merrill to be the spokespeople for Auntie Parm's Parlor. And again, I'm, I'm not shocked that they decided to do an episode like this since they decided to do the whole joke with Cheryl and Merrill. So hey, let's do twins versus twins kind of thing. Um, for I remember this about this one, it was okay. Like, I don't really particularly think anything highly of this episode. It's just, it was fine to see something like this where Lola and Lana were actually like, instead of like, majority of their episodes are mostly like being the opposites of each other but I like this one that they're actually very similar and they're working together as twins. It's really nice to see when they're actually you know one unit versus going back and forth between each other like Strife of the Party or something. So seeing them work together almost like you know again sa we had two sabotage plots in a row but like sabotage Cheryl Merrill 
to not have them win the contest. It was just nice to see them working together. Um, that's really all I really remember about this one. <laughs> oh, I also do remember that uh, Flip and uh, Mr. Grouse were paired up, which was funny because uh, I have a Sims game for the Loud House, and I... I coincidentally made the roommates in my game, so finally my dream has come true. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's all I really remember about this one. It was just, it was fine too. Um, flip this flip. The loud kids helped Flip clean up his image to oppress his middle school crush. Ah yes, the typical Flip episode that we all dread. That was actually pretty good, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, so... This episode was pretty good, mainly because they decided to have the Lao kids play a role in this episode where Flip wants to ask out his middle school crush. The same uh, crush he had in uh, Flip Miss Carol from season 5. Again, continuity, but also strangely inconsistent continuity because... So technically, Flip Miss Carol is now canon. Which it shouldn't be because it should be like a dream or something. Because again, we had seasons cheating, so I'm not sure what what it comes to like what is canon and non-canon. But yeah, so he does ask has a middle school crush, and actually the girl in this episode is voiced by Jodie Benson, the voice of Ariel. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, no, I I think this episode is saved. By the fact that they put the loud kids in here just to help flip all this date. This episode could have been like sad. Like this episode could have been really bad if it wasn't for the fact that they actually decided to have the kids be involved in this. Like I liked Lincoln, you know, pretending to be flipped to you know uh, ask uh, his crush to go on the date with him. <laughs> that sounds weird. I say it out of context. Um, and the kids, you know, like again, like not all the kids though. It was Lenny, Lana, Lola. Lisa, am I missing one? Or what is Lincoln? Was I missing another sibling? I don't think anybody else is involved except for those those pair. But I like the way they did those. Like, especially when they uh they do the um the parody of like, you know, cleaning up flip and they do the parody of like a show or something. So Lenny's like fashion, Lana's hygiene, even though that's totally out of character for her. Uh Lola I think was like style or something. She wasn't fashion. She was like oh she was like man no, Lisa was manners. I forget what Lola was. Uh but Lincoln was like transportation. <laughs> and then he, he like looks at the other siblings and is like, I want to be involved. <laughs> like it's just like I love that because it's kind of sort of a callback to Cooked where Lincoln wanted to drive the buses in the parking lot, so Seeing that Lincoln was the one that was providing the transportation, I thought was really funny. And I love that in the, at the end, he's the one that breaks the fourth wall, he turns to the camera, and is like, uh, oh, like, or something about, like, you know, it's like, oh, this is gonna be so bad just to climb up the hill. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was, it was a good episode. Again, it was saved by the loud kids being it, helping Flip on his date. And it was just nice to see that his crush, who was kind of like a well-known celebrity food person, I think she, like, owned, like, meat or eggs or something, I forget, um, was actually, you know, kind of like Flip deep down. It was just really nice to have an episode where it's like, you know, just be yourself. Don't try to impress somebody. Just be yourself kind of thing. As... The show was warned to do, so I think it was a really good episode in that regard. Next is Haunted House Call. When the Morticians Club can't afford tickets to Casicon, they decide to start a business to raise money. Shout out to my friend Neo for this episode. <laughs> because I know he was very excited to get a Lucy episode, and he enjoyed this episode. Um, I, I think it's decent from what I remember of it. Like, it's just nice that we always get a Morticians Club episode every season, just so Lucy can get some validation. And it was just cool to see, like, they actually decided to start, like, a ghost 
hunting club sort of organization so they could uh, get tickets to go to Casicon. And when I was watching the episode and seeing them try to cast, catch a ghost, I thought it was like, oh, well, Lincoln and Clyde, should they be involved in this episode? Like, they're into ghost hunting. And then they made the joke about how Lucy stole Lincoln's ghost uh, vacuum. And then she's like, don't tell Lincoln I, I took this. <laughs> like, I just love that they just, they knew that they're doing an episode that literally could have had Lincoln and Clyde in it with ghosts. And then they make the meta joke about how she literally took something that was Lincoln's ghost hunting gear. <laughs> like, I, I kind of wish that Lincoln would have been involved just because he likes goat, ghost hunting. So I can imagine, like, like Lucy telling Lincoln that she found this, like, or she summoned this ghost that looks kind of like Mr. Coconut's kind of thing. Uh, and Lincoln's like, what? Why didn't you ask me? Why didn't you ask me to get to help you with the ghost hunting, you know? Um, but yeah, but like, 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 from, again, from what I remember of it, it's pretty good. Um, again, it's a Mortician Club episode. It's a Lucy episode. So I can't really complain about it or anything. I think it's it's good for what I remember. Uh, let's see. Bah, 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 bah. And, oh, um... I'm gonna skip these two musical chairs and taunting hour till the end because there's a lot I want to say about these two, so I'll just skip them. I'll put I'll leave them to the end. Thank you. Um, the next one I'll talk about is a bug strife. Dad tears the house apart after trying to find the cricket, ruining his peaceful day alone in the house. So this was a very interesting concept episode. I think that's, I think that's the term you call it, where it was basically a whole episode just about Lynn Senior. Like, the, the, like, Rita and the kids were kind of in it for a little bit, but it was mainly focused on Lynn Sr. trying to get rid of this cricket and trying to have a peaceful day, but everything was going chaotic for him. It's basically their own version of, like, a Tom and Jerry cartoon. <laughs> it's like, it, it's like the Loud Pet episodes, or just, you know, a Tom and Jerry cartoon with Lynn Sr. I mean, you could tell that Brian Stepanek was having a really good time voicing Lynn Sr. in this episode. I think it was pretty funny, but... I don't know, like, I feel like maybe this episode could have been just a short, as, um, someone on YouTube had mentioned in their review of this episode, um, I think this should have been just a short, like, I don't think we've really needed a one-minute episode dedicated to this, if this would have been a short, then it would have been pretty good, but because it's a one-minute episode, and they almost edited, but then they had to stretch it out for a few more minutes... Was, uh, I don't know. They should have kept this as a short. But I do like that they're trying new things. And seeing this is kind of like a new concept episode for the show is pretty interesting. And seeing at the end, like, uh, when Senior, he, you know, gets traumatized by one of the bugs. And Rita makes this look. Like, he, she makes this sinister look. Like, she obviously knew that when Senior was lying the whole time. I think that's great. <laughs> like, you would think that maybe the Louds wouldn't know. But I like that she just had this look like, yeah, I knew you were lying the whole time. Um, but yeah, that, that's all I remember about it was just that it's a funny concept episode. But not a good episode for the show. It should have been just a short. Uh, and then all the rage. Tired of getting pummeled during dodgeball, Lincoln and the gang used Clyde's untapped, untapped rage without, without him knowing. This was a weird idea. Like, a really weird idea for an episode with the friends. And how, when Clyde gets angry, he's actually pretty good at dodgeball. Yeah, I, I don't really know why they did this one, but for whatever member of it, it was okay. You know, again, I just hate to say that, I'm like, this was pretty okay, but, like, again, it's hard because I can't really remember all these episodes from the last time I saw them. I wish I, I should have watched them before I did this review, I apologize. Um, 
But yeah, I think it was, you know, good for what it was. Like, the friends were taking advantage of Clyde's rage by being mad at recycle, not, re not recycling, or wearing <laughs> wearing a, a, a Christmas like wearing a Christmas outfit in the middle of October or something like that, wrong holiday, and things like that. And just getting him ticked off to where he would, you know, play dodgeball. And then the friends realized they were just going too far and making him really angry and, and taking advantage of their friend. But then Clyde had to step in and save their save the friends from being you know t you know uh, destroyed by the the h higher high school kids in dodgeball I think that was what it was yeah um but yeah from what I remember it was pretty okay it, it's just hard that I can't really remember much from the episode after I haven't seen these episodes in a long time <clears throat> these ones are probably more fresh in my mind which is uh blah, blah, blah. scoop snoop the action news team struggles to find out how Catherine Mulligan is scooping their news leads so yeah like this is actually one of the first episodes that Catherine Mulligan has a more prominent role in an episode like it is pretty cool to see her get more fleshed out in this episode and uh, that's what season 6 should be accomplishing and this was a very surprising episode like I first thought that Catherine Mulligan was going to be stealing the kids new st stories on purpose but the kids are actually just like scooping out stories outside of school just because like there's really no explanation as to why they're doing this other than I guess they have no news to do in school so let's do outside news to get more in the newspaper at school but then they see that Catherine Mulgan has beat them to it anyway because that's her job <laughs> um but then they think that you know Catherine Mulgan and the uh the principal principal Ramirez are leaking stuff about something I forget what the thing is so they try to track her down but then they find out that the the leaker was actually Rusty's dad, who's dating Catherine Mulligan. Which was the most shocking thing about this episode. That was a crazy twist. I didn't even see that coming. I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> like, you know, uh, um... Rusty mentioned that his dad was dating somebody, but the fact that it ended up being Catherine Mulligan was was gr genius, but also hilarious. But it's really nice that they had to decide to, like, give Rusty's dad a girlfriend, so that would mean that Rusty's parents are either divorced, or the mom took off with Rocky, and that's why Rocky hasn't come back. <laughs> that would explain a lot. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really good episode. Again, this episode I really like with the friends. Like, this is how you do a Link and the Friends episode by, again, incorporating the action news team into the show and doing very interesting episodes like this like if they're gonna keep doing this action news team stuff with the friends I like that they're keeping it as continuity that the friends have some sort of activity that they do together that's you know that's it's pretty cool that they do that you know they established this whole action news team in season five and it was and it was a reoccurring thing during the middle school episodes but seeing them kind of like you know branch out and do episodes like this where they're kind of outside the school again Catherine Mulligan involved. I think that's pretty cool that they decided to do that with the action news team. So having them have an activity that has all the friends together still um, is really interesting. I really like the way they, they approach it. And then I can't. Lisa makes a new pair of glasses that actually makes her eyesight even worse. So I hate, I, you know, all of us are basically saying, what about when season two and uh, making a grade where she made a laser to make her eyes better? I, yeah, I can't really answer that one on continuity-wise. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, this episode is, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, it's not a bad episode, but it's a weird one. Like, it's basically a episode of Mr. Magoo with Lisa, and it makes her kind of stupid, 
but it's also entertaining stupid. Like, I hate to say that about Lisa, but it's like, they have to dumb her down for the plot because then she loses her eyesight. But it's very realistic for a little kid like her to be afraid to go to the doctor. But, I don't know, I think this episode is kind of... I, I don't really know what they were going for with this one. It's a good concept. If this episode would have been like season 2 or 3, then we would accept it. But because it's season 6, I don't think many of us accepted an episode where Lisa could lose her eyesight. Or like, you know, not be able to invent glasses that would help her with her eyesight. So, I don't know. Like, it, it's hard to say. I don't really particularly like this one. It's fine. It's passable. But it's not. it's not bad. It's just... It's just, eh. That's all I'll say, just, eh. Okay, we're getting to the last streak of episodes, so... The, the last uh, few here. So, there's Dining Bash. After failing to make Chef Guy Grazer a meal on this show, the kids try to erase the footage before it airs. So yeah, these two episodes, Dining Bash and Sofa So Good, are back-to-back -back Loud Family episodes. Quintessential Loud Family episodes. These feel like episodes that could have been in, like, a season one or season two or something. So, I like that they do these episodes kind of like a throwback to have episodes just focus on the family dynamics. Because, again, the main complaint about season five was that we were barely getting episodes about the family, so getting two back-to-back -back episodes that are just quintessential Loud House family episodes are very good. Um, and this one is good, too. I mean, obviously we get that, uh, that parody, uh, guy, what is it, uh, guy... Grazer? Guy, was it Guy Ramsey? Is that his name? Uh, Gordon Ramsey? Gordon Ramsey, oh my gosh, yeah. We get the parody Gordon Ramsey in the, in the Loud House. And the family, you know, the, the kids actually want to help, uh, you know, make a meal for Guy Grazer because Liz Sr. goes off to do, like, a like a concert for, like, a wedding or something. So the kids are left with Guy Grazer, and they think that, you know, the meal is actually pretty bad, so they don't want to, like, have their, uh, you know, father get uh, embarrassed on TV. But at the end, you know, Guy Grazer was like, oh, it warms my heart to have, you know, the family involved in the ha in the restaurant and, you know, help out the, the, the chef. So that was a really sweet ending. I mean, it was a very predictable sweet ending, but, you know, I, I liked it that he was, that at least it softened his heart to see the family helping out uh, Liz Senior's restaurant. Yeah, again, I don't have a lot to say on this one. I just think it's really good that we're getting, that we got two family-focused episodes that just have the Lao kids just ha having stuff to do together. I think the, the, those are just the good stuff to get some cute interactions and good stuff like that. Like, I'm trying to remember what I liked about this episode other than I really liked this episode. The same thing with Sofa, so good. So, yeah, that's about it. It's just wholesome family fun, I would say on that. And the sofa's so good. The kids search all over Royal Woods to find the missing furniture they left outside while cleaning. Again, this is a quintessential Loud House episode. If this episode would have been a season one or two, you would definitely see, like, yeah, it's perfect Loud House. It's just that Lori isn't there anymore. Um, which is weird because apparently they're replacing her with Todd the robot in these last two episodes. Very strange. Like, they're making Todd, like, the unofficial sibling. It's very weird, but also kind of cool at the same time. Not replacing Lori. That's not cool. But, like, having him kind of, like, be an unofficial member is strange, but also kind of hilarious. Um, 
But yeah, no, I really like this one too. Having, again, like another loud family adventure. That's all you really need to say. Quintessential loud house and get the warm fuzzies. And having some of those pairings like, you know, Lincoln and Lynn be together or Lisa and Lily or Lil or Lynn and Lana and stuff like that. Like, and Luna Wan. Like, having those pairings together this episode too made it also very fun. And seeing that the siblings, um, <laughs> they basically do a meta joke at the beginning of the episode where Lisa's like, it's the rule of the loud house. You know we're not going to be able to sit around and just not do anything. We're going to fight for, fight the in the next, like, few minutes. Like, yep, that's quintessential loud house for you. The loud, that's the, uh, like, the way we say in the episode, that's the loud house for you. <laughs> it's like, roll credits. <laughs> um, and then, of course, like, they do end up losing the couch, but then coincidentally enough, the whole reason Lizzie and Rita left was because they were going to get a new couch. That looks exactly like their old couch anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, again, like, Sofa's so good and Dying Bass were basically quintessential Loud House episodes, and that's all you really need to have the, the warm fuzzies for the show. Oh yeah, so I wanted to save the last two episodes for the, the best because, again, these two episodes, I have a lot to talk about because they're too... Focus episodes that have a lot to do with Lincoln as a character, and I will defend these episodes. <laughs> uh, mainly Taunting Hour, because I know a lot of people did not like Taunting Hour, and I will defend it, but also I will agree on some of the criticism, but we'll get to that when we get to that. So I want to talk about Musical Chairs, which is Lincoln convinces his teacher, Mr. Bohofter, to join the doodads in order to get a better seat in class. So what I really like about this episode is that it's doing what season 5 should have done, is that it's showing Lincoln in Mr. Bohofter's class having to deal with the fact that he's in a class with Chandler. And at the beginning of the episode, Chandler is being, you know, his Chandler's being awful to Lincoln. Like, of course, he's bullying him, but being extremely awful to Lincoln. Like, literally so horrible to him, because Chandler has nothing better to do and he's obsessed with Lincoln, <laughs> according to Taunton Hour. Um, so Lincoln thinks that he, Lincoln wants to ask Mr. Bohofter to move his seat, which Mr. Mr. Bohofter at first doesn't want to do, even though as a teacher, he should be seeing Chandler throwing hot lava on Lincoln's seat. <laughs> um, but, you know, that that's a, you know, a meta joke on how teachers don't even catch bullying in school. Um, but then, so Lincoln does all this stuff to convince Mr. Bohofner to move his seat, and it doesn't work, but, you know, Lincoln, the ma man with the plan, or the master convincing, is able to convince Mr. Bohofner to join the doodads in order for Lincoln to move his seat. So, of course, it works out at first, and Lincoln's able to move his seat away from Chandler, but then uh, Mr. Bohofner takes over the doodads and changes them up to where the doodads don't want Mr. Bohofner in their band anymore because he's being, you know, really, really awful. But then Lincoln tells Lynn Sr. that he's being bullied by Chandler. This is the only way he can move his seat. So, of course, Lynn Sr., you know, sucks it up just for, you know, his son. Which is really sweet to see that Lynn Sr. would do this because Lincoln's being treated poorly at school. But then Lincoln sees Mr. Bohofter perform with the doodads and realizes that he has to be the one to tell Mr. Bohofter to lead the band. He's basically saying, no, Mr. Bohofter, you're fired. I was like, no! <laughs> like, oh my gosh, yeah, that was great. Like, Lincoln was the one. Like, I love that it wasn't that the doodads fired Mr. Bohofter. It was Lincoln was the one that, that fired Mr. Bohofter, showing the growth of Lincoln this episode. But then at the end of the episode, Mr. Bohofter recognize Lincoln's, you know, confidence and his his boldness in showing that, you know, he was able to stand up to Mr. Bohofner like that and was able to get away from Chandler and move his seat. Like, that was the biggest W of Lincoln Loud so far, besides present danger, is getting away from Chandler from that seat. Like, 
he like I love this moment when uh before the ending where Lincoln is finally able to move his seat, Mr. Bellhopper's like, no, that's not your seat. He's like, bye-bye, Chandler. <laughs> like, it's so great. And then at the end, where Lincoln is finally able to, you know, move his seat away from Chandler, he gets the, he gets the, he, he one-ups Chandler. He gets, Chandler gets his comeuppance at the end. It's great. It's the biggest W ever. Like, I love that face that Lincoln makes at Mr. Bellhopper, where it's like, you know, I think Mr. Bohoffer says something like, you got spunk, and Lincoln makes this really proud face of Mr. Bohoffer. It's so great. Like, again, as a Lincoln Lau fan, I really love this episode. Like, I wasn't expecting it to give me, you know, the Lincoln feels or the, the, the headcanon... Co- like the confidence to say that my head cannons are obviously canon, but more, but more of these episodes showing the growth of Lincoln as a character has really made me so happy and proud to be a Lincoln Lau fan. So like an episode like this where again Lincoln was you know he was so annoyed at Chandler he couldn't take it anymore, so where he had to move away from him or get Mister Bullhopper to move him away, but then eventually you know like at the end where Lincoln did uh you know fire Mister Bullhopper from the doodads and had. And thought that he was going to face the consequences of staying back in the seat next to Chandler, he got a surprise W by having his seat, having him be able to move his seat away from Chandler because Mr. Bohafter recognized that Chandler, not Chandler, recognized that Lincoln actually had the, the, the boldness to do that, to stand up to Mr. Bohafter like that. Like, that was such a great way to show Lincoln's growth as a character that, yes, he's dealing with Chandler, but then soon enough, They'll recognize that he, yeah, yeah, he'll probably have to deal with it. But then he was able to get that big W to get away from him. Which Taunting Hour, that was a great way to have both of those episodes tied together in some way. Even if it didn't feel like they were tied together, it seemed like they found a way to make these two episodes work together in the way that Lincoln being, uh, you know, picked on by Chandler still, inco- still is still is incorporated in Taunting Hour. So, taunting hour. After Lincoln tries to help Lynn get over a heckler at her soccer game, the Louds realize they all have critics. Well, not all of them. <laughs> like, half of them do. Not, not all of them. That, that's kind of a lie. Um, so, Lynn actually is getting heckled by scoots of all people at the soccer game. And you would think that Lynn is used to this kind of stuff. But, but, but scoots is being so awful that Lynn actually decides, like, Lynn actually gets, you know, nervous because scoots is being just plain mean. Like, I don't know why Scoots is doing this at a child soccer game. Uh, but you know, sports fans, it can be awful. And Chandler was just like, again, being a really awful person in the beginning, like, you know, again, Lincoln was trying to, like, ignore him, but then Chandler's being awful as usual. Um, but again, this ties all together with, uh, musical chairs. Uh, but then, so Lincoln actually, you know, takes you know, Lynn, Lynn around and shows that majority of our of the Louds do all have all do have critics because a majority of the Louds, like some of them are in performance art, like Lola and Wan, for example. Which, by the way, Wan, they finally brought back their her YouTube page after season one. <laughs> like, we have not heard about her YouTube page since season one or season two. It's been years that they actually referenced that. And you would think Wan, being a YouTuber, would be able to, you know handle having comments on YouTube, like, some randos say, like, oh, your stand-up is so lame, but Wan is actually, like, she breaks down over one silly little comment. Wan, you're a YouTuber. Get used to that. You're gonna have millions of those, okay, girl? <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so Link, so Lincoln thinking that showing that all the like some of the family members have critics would make Link feel better, which she does. But then she brags about it to the whole family, where they have no idea that they're being like taunted in the background. So they they all you know break down because they're thinking about all these horrible things that people have said about them, which again is very realistic. I totally understand that as an internet persona, like if, when you have an internet persona, not everybody is going to like you, and if you're very well liked, the people are gonna turn like some people are gonna push you down and say mean things about you, like on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or, or YouTube or some other places. People are just gonna be straight up meanies to you. And even that small little comment, like I know I joked about it, but like that small little comment from somebody is gonna be haunting you for like the rest of the night. So having them stay up and think about those, you know, horrible things that people said about them was, you know, very realistic. But I know I, I agree with some people that the way that the, the Louds got so mad at Lincoln just because he was helping Lynn get over this thing and then Lowell was like, oh, you're a life ruiner? Like, I, I think maybe a rewrite would have been good on that, guys. Okay, like, TLH crew, I get it. But at the same time, like, that was a little too extreme. Like, don't tell, don't tell Lincoln is a life ruiner because that that makes it, that made him feel awful that he did this because all he was doing was trying to cheer Lynn up and then Lynn got pissed because it didn't like the whole like Lincoln's idea of getting over this didn't like fix her problem and that's not the point. He wasn't trying to fix her problem. He was just trying to help her get over the fact that she's not the only one that gets taught to like this. You know, he was just trying to help. But the fact that this family called him a life ruiner was just really bad. I, I, I will agree to that. I'm not defending that point, but I will defend the ending. Because what I like about the ending is that, again, the family is like, oh, well, you don't understand what it's like to get taunted. Lincoln Loud absolutely knows what it's like to be taunted because he's constantly picked on by Chandler. And what was interesting about this was I never thought about it, but I never realized that Lincoln never told his family that he was being t picked on by Chandler. Like, Liz's reaction when they saw the video was like, wow, that Chandler guy is such a jerk. And Lincoln's like, yeah, he is. So seeing that at first, he tells Liz Sr. that he was being picked on by Chandler, and then the whole family finds out that he's be been picked on by Chandler. Like, you understand why he never told them? Because if he learned anything from heavy metal, he never likes to talk about being picked on because his siblings will get involved. But now that Lincoln has matured and the show has matured to where, you know, something like White Hair, for example, showed that the sisters will not bug, like, you know, budge into his life anymore. They just want to help. Seeing that he finally is able to open up to them about being picked on by Chandler, for example, now, makes a lot of sense. But I never really thought about how he never really told them that he was being picked on by Chandler. So seeing their reaction to knowing that he's been picked on by Chandler was very shocking to me that he, they never knew. But seeing that montage where Chandler is basically, you know, being the worst kind of person ever and just constantly annoying Lincoln. Like, he's such an annoying little prick. But, like, the whole montage has Lincoln not only, like, you know, being annoyed by Chandler, but constantly having to deal with this guy, but also being more mature to where he can ignore Chandler. Like, Ch Chandler's being an annoying little prick, and Lincoln's just rolling his eyes at this guy. Like, you know, like, again, in musical chairs, Lincoln was so fed up with with Chandler. He couldn't take it anymore. He was so mad that Chandler was just bugging him constantly. But then, in Taunting Hour, we see that Lincoln not only has been dealing with Chandler for a while, but it's just like, guys, like, I'm just ignoring this guy at this point. He's just, he's just an annoying nuisance. I don't care anymore. Like, you know? Like, 
Like, I just, like, the scene where Link is doing his magic trick, and Chandler's like, why don't you make yourself disappear, Link, and Wave? And Link's just like, oh my god, just go away. <laughs> you know? Why can't Link, why can't you make Chandler disappear, you know? And then, like, at, um, at is where Link is, uh, you know, playing DDR, he's like, I'm gonna beat the high score, and Chandler's like, no, you're not. Lincoln does the ball, like, Lincoln has the balls to, like, stare, like, he does a tur spin turn on his head while sticking his tongue out at Chandler. It is fantastic. Like, you know, I, I complain about Chandler being such a nuisance to Lincoln, but I, the, the reason I think I love that Chandler's a nuisance to Lincoln, so Lincoln can, so we can have fed up Lincoln. I love it. He, I just love fed up Lincoln. It's hilarious to see him so annoyed at Chandler being a nuisance to him, to where it's just so funny that he just does a spin head turn and just like sticks a raspberry, sticks tongue at him. <laughs> it's freaking hilarious. Um, but then once the family realizes that Lincoln has also been taunted before, there is a quote that is still living in my head rent free, where Lincoln says, like, you know, he's talking about how, you know, at first Chandler was annoying me, but then I just started ignoring him. Because, you know, why should I care what other people think? I'm doing what I love, and that's all that matters. And that is a quintessential Lincoln Loud line. Like, that is perfect for Lincoln Loud, especially how much he's grown in the show. Again, I am gonna, this, I'm making this a Lincoln Loud show for a second, but... And like I've talked about before, with how much growth Wick has had in the show, to see that now that he in season six is more mature than he's been before, to where, yes, Link, like Chandler, for example, is a nuisance to him, but he's basically learned to just, you know, deal with it, like, just ignore this guy because he knows that Chandler's words don't mean anything to him. He's doing what he loves, and that's all that matters to him. That has always been Lincoln's motto in life. Try to think about what other people thought of him, but in his mind, he wanted to do what he loved, you know? This is the 11-year-old kid. What well, was the 11-year-old kid? This was the kid that, like, played Ace Savvy and had, and had his underwear showing in front of everybody, okay? Like, you know, he's like, I'm comfortable in my own skin, points to himself in an Ace Savvy costume. You know, he's, but, like, you know, deep down, Lincoln actually would... You know, he actually would, like, be upset about how people would view him because, again, something like present danger, not present danger, oh my gosh, uh, something like uh, predictability, where he thought he was too boring and people wouldn't hang out with him, he totally, you know, thinks about what other th people think of him all the time. So seeing that he's matured out of that phase of his life to where he's just doing whatever and he doesn't care what people think is absolutely quintessential Lincoln Loud. You know, like with uh, Ace Savvy, we talk about how Ace Savvy was his uh, hyperfixation for, like, four seasons and then by season five he grew out of that phase and he still likes ace you know i'm just i'm not saying that but he grew out of it for a bit and then got to david Steele, which is a more mature comic for him to where like again the present danger spoilers he takes the role more seriously than he would when he's ace savvy like ace savvy he's just being a childish little you know he's just running around with Clyde in his underwear and just like pretending that he's doing you know solving crimes as a superhero but with david Steele, he is taking this role more seriously he's more mature about it he's He's playing the part. Like, he literally calls himself David Steele. He's not looking loud when he's David Steele. He is David Steele. And, he's, and he is owning it, baby. <laughs> um... But then something like, you know, with magic, like, I, I really love that with magic, for example, this is a performance art for him. Like, Lincoln is all about being in the spotlight. Like, he wants to be in the spotlight, so... 
having magic be his side hobby, where another side interest of his, where he can flaunt and be a showman. You know, like there's, in Sofa So Good, there's just a little little gag of when they're they're cleaning up the the house, Lincoln just sports his top hat and just like takes the takes the the lamp, puts the the rag underneath it, and just cleans it like that. And he just has a look to the camera like you freaking little show off. <laughs> um, and yeah, and, and in a talking hour, they do show him doing magic. So again, I love that it's still a continuation from like uh, Saved by the Spell in season 5 where he was telling his friends like I don't care what people think of me doing magic what's more better for my reputation than doing magic so seeing him still do little like still doing magic tricks from here or there where they reference it like again like they did it in the show they also did it in Casa Grande's where they reference him why do you do a magic trick like I like that they still continue to show that as his little uh you know side interest besides doing uh besides having comic books like Ace or David Steele like uh, magic is a perfect, you know, uh, interest for him. And it was a whole plot point in the movie, by the way. The anime movie, that was a whole plot point. His magic tricks were a whole plot point to where he defeated Morag with, like, who has real magic with fake magic. That is still, like, so badass that he was able to defeat a powerful sorceress with fake magic. <laughs> That's so great. Um, so I hope at least maybe they'll do more with magic. But, uh, back to what I mean. So, seeing that Lincoln was, like... I talked about before, I really like the way that they're actually maturing Lincoln to where he should be the one that's teaching his family all of these lessons now. He's gone through five seasons of character development where he's had to learn from his family about life lessons and how to treat your siblings and blah blah blah. So seeing that Lincoln has taken those life experiences and are actually teaching his family that hey, you shouldn't care what other people think, just do what you do and that's all that matters kind of thing, like that's so mature for Lincoln himself. That he is not only growing with the show, but growing out of that, you know, phase of his life where he had to learn lessons like that, and is passing that on to his family. His family still needs to learn stuff from him. Like, he's learned a lot from his sisters or his family to love his family and, you know, be there for them and always be a part of this family because he's the glue that holds his family together. So knowing that he is the one now that has to kind of teach his family to mature like him is very special to me. I really like the way they're going about that with Lincoln and if that's gonna be his character arc going forward with season six season seven I like the way they're approaching this so having these two episodes like musical chairs and taunting hour back to back have made focus on Lincoln's growth in season six means a whole lot to me again I totally understand where people come from with taunting hour I understand completely it's not really a great episode I I absolutely agree but the way they 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 uh portrayed Lincoln this episode I thought was very mature and very well done and I that I, I like that aspect you know I know I'm a, my bias towards Lincoln. He's my favorite character, but I have to always, you know, praise whatever the show acknowledges his character development because it's it's very special to me. So I hope you understand that. <laughs> um, but yes, that is everything from the Loud House and the Casa Grandes, of course, from the news to the new episodes. I apologize that this episode was really long of uh, talking about all those new episodes that came out, but hopefully the podcast will be back and better than ever. But again, my schedule is so busy, so you know I'll try to. Keep get episodes out when I can. So if you have any questions about the podcast or want to discuss the podcast with me, you can contact me over Excel Clips on Twitter or the podcast's Twitter, Casa Loud Chats. And again, we'll see you next time after Memorial Day for Lincoln Loud's birthday. He turns 12 years old on Memorial Day. Woo!
We should all celebrate. We should all make Memorial Day Lincoln Loud's birthday. I don't care if people think about celebrating fictional birthdays. That is Lincoln Loud's official birthday, okay? We're going. Yeah, well, let's go. And uh, we'll see you after that. And of course, I'll do a big, big review on uh, present danger and stress for the test. When the, uh, not stress for the test. Uh, stress for the part when those episodes come out. And see you next time on Costa Loud Chat.